Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about some new music. You know how we always do, but this time, let's switch it up a little bit. How about we call this, from now on, The Rotation? Mmm, I like it. Whatever's on rotation, we're gonna tell you about maybe some things we thought would be in rotation. Yeah, this is basically a new version of our quarantine music series, which has felt for a while now a little bit outdated of a title. And yeah, still going to be covering new albums that have come out. This episode, we're looking at all the new stuff in 2023 so far, you know, with the little loose genres as usual, because so much is mixed nowadays, but just to give it a little general structure. Yes, sir. We're going to get straight to it. And we're going to start off with hip hop, hip hop. (laughs) You already know the classics, the new pop, as many would call it. Mm. I'll start it off for you. Slow tie with ugly. Yeah. UK rapper, for those who don't know, has a very intense kind of presence and can do hard tracks, can do some more soft, emotional tracks, too. He's shown that range. This album was a little bit more rock leaning. But most of it didn't really land for me. Like, it wasn't bad. My favorite section is actually the last four, I think it was, tracks, which I like all of those. But pretty much the rest aren't really my thing. Like, there's one track, Never Again, that's great storytelling and emotionally powerful. But yeah, overall, I'd probably go like Khan. I mean, this album was just ugly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Pun intended. I'm not the biggest listener, slow type. I didn't like the sound, not to compare it to anything, but I'm a big fan of Tyler. And one of my least favorite Tyler albums is probably Cherry Bomb. Specifically, those rock-sounding, loud, harsh, raspy, instrumental side of it. So yeah, this easy for me to pass on. I'd go with a solid con. Next up, we got Don Tolliver with the album Lovesick. He's someone I've always loved his voice. Very unique. I still don't know if he's fully using it how I would personally like to hear it, but there were a handful of songs on this I liked, definitely some I didn't, but there were great features like Charlie Wilson, Callie, Tori Moi, and Bus Stop with Brent Faye is probably my number one song. I don't know, I'd probably go Light Pro, like it's fine, better than some others, but still not quite there for me. I'm a fan of Don Tolliver as well, I really like him on features, I feel like he's that new T-Pain. Not necessarily because of the auto-tune or anything, but thrives on features, and he does pretty well on his own albums. He did pretty good here. Like you mentioned, all those features hit. Really love the tracks with him and Cali, and I'm still waiting for that old-time classic Don Tali album, but it's still not bad. Like the Solid Pro. Next up, we have Dreamville, Creed 3 soundtrack. I haven't seen Creed 1 or 2, and... It's a stacked Dreamville album again, like they tend to do. J. Cole tends to get a good amount of people in him. There's sparks of brilliance, but then it just doesn't hit, and the themes and the lyrics always throw me off, because you could kind of tell it's for like a film, or I don't know, it feels like that. Just nothing that I could see myself listening to very much, like Khan. It's interesting you mentioned like seeing the themes of a movie soundtrack or something, because to me, it just kind of felt like another Dreamville project, and I mean it in a good way. But I was like very mixed on it. There's plenty I don't like. I did feel it's a little more R&B leaning overall than some of the past Dreamville group projects. And there's even like good guest features like you mentioned. Sid and Kalani both have good tracks. 
But my favorite stretch is J. Cole doing his impression of The Watcher 2 on the Adonis interlude to Greater by Ari Lennox, which is a fantastic track. And then to the track after with Arya Star, who I'd never heard of, but she sounds like Thames on it. That back to back to back I like. And there's like other Lucy's I enjoy. But yeah, overall, I'd probably go Light Pro, I think. Next up, we got Navy Blue with Ways of Knowing. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him before, but just keeps honing his craft more and more. And I think this is his best project yet. I feel like it's a great late night album, kind of moody, but also has some of those like old school sample type feel. The whole album is a dedication to his grandfather. Really good front to back. No skips for me. I'd even go heavy pro. This was one of the pleasant surprises. I know the name. I'm sure you've sent me stuff, but it's one of those where like I don't listen to Navy Blue. And then I pop this on mostly for the purpose of this episode and really enjoyed it. And mostly I'd give a lot of credit to whoever was producing this. The sounds are so fucking dope. Obviously with the rhyming, the rapping on top of it, but just the instrumentals themselves were pretty solid. Yeah, added the whole thing to the library. And I feel like it'd be fire in the summer. Like a solid pro for me. And last but not least, in the hip-hop column, the best hip-hop artist there is, you know, <laughs> ask the Grammys if that matters to you, tell the creator with the estate sale. You know, call me if you get lost, estate sale, deluxe version, whatever you want to call it. And we don't usually cover deluxes, but this felt like a whole rollout on itself with music videos and everything. So, I mean, Tia's our god, more than that to come in the future. This felt like a project in itself. Yeah. I don't even want to call them throwaways because I don't think they are. I think this shit was fully planned by T because these songs are solid and for sure not throwaways. These are songs to finish off a perfect project that he released. And to me, he ended it perfectly with Sorry Not Sorry. Tends to do no wrong after Cherry Bomb. You know, I kind of talked shit earlier, but solid pro, obviously, for the back end of the album. The deluxe part, I guess. Yeah, these are... Not just Lucy's or Throwaways for sure. These are just full-fledged tracks that sound great. This to me is kind of his victory lap for Call Me If You Get Lost. I mean, Wharf Talk, Dog Tooth, What A Day, Heaven To Me, all of the album. It's so good. Heavy pro for me. Next up, we go to R&B. Kalela with Raven. Dark and moody kind of vibe, but still in a sometimes dancey kind of way. I really like the first half or so the best leading up to closure and contact back to back which i think are the two best tracks and the second half gets a little slower and i feel like maybe a little drawn out even though like individual songs aren't bad but just doesn't fully match the pace at the beginning so maybe a track or two long in that second half but overall i think solid pro her voice is amazing to me it's one of those kind of like how we were mentioning about don tolliver not reaching what you want from them like the mm-hmm. style you feel like they thrive on that's how i feel about kalela her voice is freaking incredible even just the intro to the album had me like yo goosebumps like yo, this <laughs> is crazy her voice is insane and then i don't know listen to the album and i don't feel it as much as i feel like i should be even though there's good tracks i'm not the biggest fan of the sound that comes with her voice beat tends to be there a little too upbeat for me or like too electronic or too experimental and 
I feel like there's gonna be one that's gonna be a sweet spot. Hopefully the next one, this one didn't do it, but I'd go like a very, very light pro just because I still really enjoy her voice and it's one of those where like I could hear it a couple more times and actually enjoy it. Next up we have Jordan Ward with Forward. That would have been hard to say like really fast together. <laughs> <laughs> this album right here is pretty fun. He's a person that is really new to me and probably to a lot of people. Yeah, I'd never heard of him before this. I don't know that I like gravitated to it much. Later on, somehow on Shuffle or Random, I forget how, one of his songs came on, Fam Jam 4000. Yeah, that's the one. He fucking hit it out the park. So catchy, <laughs> groovy, can't stop moving when you're listening to it, want to sing it the whole day. I'm like, all right. I don't know that I feel your whole album, but I'm looking forward to the next project because I feel like there's something special that can happen. I'd go with also a light pro. See, I feel the same way about the track as far as like, that's the best one for sure. I also really like the sidekick collab with Joyce Rice. Those were like my two biggest favorites. But overall on the project, I was a lot more positive on it than you. I like his sound in general. I like his style and that experimentation. So I give it a solid pro. I was really surprised in a good way because I'd never heard of him. So really enjoyed the project for something coming out of nowhere, especially. Next up, we got Caliucci's with Red Moon and Venus. We've talked about Cali a bunch on the show before, even for her features and stuff. And we've been listening to her for a long time, ever since her early Tyler collab days and stuff like that. Back to Por Vida and even before that. And her projects recently have been like fine, kind of in that sample platter mode of like, She's trying a bunch of different stuff out and you kind of pick and choose more what you like. At least that was my experience. But this album feels really consistent front to back and one flowing piece of music from start to finish. And starting it off with I Wish You Roses into the Omar Apollo feature. I mean, his vocals are insane on it. She didn't play any games this album. No skips for me. I just put it on and let it play all the way to the end. Feels like an evolved version of her sound too, but still true to her. I go with Heavy Pro. You couldn't have said it any better. This is the one for her. She did it. I almost didn't even realize. The album came out and I kind of heard it in parts. And it was good. Like, it was okay. But it was one day we were driving somewhere. I was with Kathy or some shit and she was playing it. And it was just something, you know, like the right mood, the right time, the right person, you know. Because the album's like sexy. It's like Kathy, you know what I mean? That's her vibe. She's going to make shit like sexual and groovy and smooth. And it just felt that way. And I was like, all right, this the one. Lyrics, sound, like you said, super cohesive, flows well. Solid to major pro on this one. Next up, we have the men of many names. Black, six slack, <laughs> slack, whatever you want to call it. With since I have a lover. I wouldn't call myself much of a six slack fan. Is how I like to call them. <laughs> I mean, that's how it's spelled out. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun. Cool voice. I feel like I like him features. Have never really enjoyed a full album of his. I feel like it's a very similar sound on all of them. Not necessarily a bad thing if you like that sound, but it's almost always either too slow. Even the lyrics sound the same. The sound gets old for me to the point where like no song stands out. And I wouldn't necessarily call it vibey music, like to play out loud in my bedroom. I have all his albums, like on my library. 
I don't know if I can name more than like five songs. There's a few that stand out, but this one wasn't any different from that. Heard it a couple times, and I don't even know if I could pick a favorite song just because they all kind of sound similar, which is not a bad thing, again, but that leaves me with like a neutral to like a light pro because he is very consistent and it's a good R&B album, but nothing out of this world. I definitely agree. I prefer him on features usually and haven't really been into his solo projects like that before. I will say though, on this one, I feel like he experimented with some different kinds of sounds and songs like Spirited Away and NRH, the last track. So I do feel like those stand out. And to your point, I would like to see him experiment more and more. I do think he's heading in the right direction, at least with this. So I'd probably go neutral. Next up, we got Mac Ayers with Comfortable Enough. He's someone that you would put me onto his last project, and I'd really like that. This one, like I've gone through different phases with it. Like I listened to it at first and it's like, oh, this is all right, but I don't know, it's kind of whatever. And then kept listening to it because I was like, I want to give this a real chance. And it grew on me more. And I think the title track is probably the main standout. I also really like I'll Be Your Home Now. And I do think it's a solid follow up to last project, maybe with something missing. I don't know what it is. And I also feel like it's too long, like. This should not be an hour. This should be 3540. He makes like light, airy music. You just want to chill, casual vibe to. But I'll probably go with a light pro. And I really wish he split this into two different projects because I think it's too much. I want to just throw him on in shorter spurts, personally. You've been good with these. You've been taking a lot of the things I've been thinking. Mac is one of the artists that I would consider as like my version of like Yat Rock. Or something like that. <laughs> Just that smooth shit. I can't wait till sometime in the future, 15, 20 years down the line, at my home with a glass of wine. I don't know that I'll ever drink wine, but <laughs> just painting a picture here. And I throw that playlist with Mac, Tom Mish, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jordan Reiki or whatever his name is. Smooth singers that make like just easy Sunday morning music, you know, like amazing voices that you don't hear often. This is more of what that is. I think it is a slight drop off of what the last album was, but the last album was magical. It's probably my favorite (laughs) album of his. It's big shoes to fill, just put it that way. Not bad at all. And funny enough, I haven't even listened to this album much because you know what happened when I listened to this album once or twice? I wanted to go back to his old stuff. So I've been (laughs) listening to his old stuff a lot more the last two or three weeks. Still solid. Give it a shot. I don't think this album will disappoint if you haven't heard any of his but obviously go back to his old stuff too easy light to solid pro for me also the one track that i didn't save is the first track because i feel like the whole album starts better with the second and i wasn't crazy about the first but let's talk about a bad first track right here with this album chloe with in pieces i would say it started me off bad i don't know what i hated about that intro (laughs) i don't know if it was the trumpets something threw me off I think Chloe's like one of the more talented singers we have right now. I don't want to compare her to one of, of, to the GOAT, the true one and only Ariana Grande. But I feel like she's in that conversation of like great singers. Obviously not saying she compares or anything. She's in the conversation. You see hints of that. However, I couldn't do the lyrics on this album. They were like awful for me. If I'm being honest, I gave her four to five songs in until I was like, yeah, I'm out on this. Yeah, this one's an easy con for me. 
Yeah, I wanted to like this because I really liked the Chloe and Halle album that she had put out with her sister. And at first, listened to this, wasn't liking it, gave it another chance. I was like, oh, there's tracks I like on this. And then I listened again. I'm like, no, I don't really like any of this. It's kind of generic R&B or I don't know. I just really was not feeling it. And it doesn't feel like it has that same magic as the project with her sister. So I'm glad she got a Missy Elliott feature, but yeah, not really for me. I'd probably lean like Khan. All right, let's move on to indie slash alternative. And we'll start with the artist who usually would be someone we might put in the hip hop category, but he made like a psych rock, indie, whatever kind of album, Little Yachty with Let's Start Here. Yachty's someone who I've always been aware of. We'll listen to him on features or little things here and there, but never really listened to his full projects like that. But anyway, listen to this one, which I knew was going to be like a left turn, and it was. Almost kind of like an old school feel to songs also. I actually really like it a lot, front to back. The experiment paid off. I like how he approached it. I feel like his voice, which is unique for these kinds of songs, like works well. And he also brought in good people to work on it. I like Diana Gordon, who sings on a couple songs. Drive Me Crazy is probably my favorite track, but I like all of them. I go Heavy Pro, actually. This was a bit of a surprise for me. One of those albums that I probably wouldn't have given much of a try if it wasn't for you tweets and other people just saying like, oh, this this is different. It's crazy. And kind of seeing reactions, which made me go, oh, shit, maybe I should give this a try. And... I think you got me when you said, like, oh, someone mentioned that this is very, like, Tame Impala-like, or Mm -hmm. not, like, dead on, but, like, you know, there's similarities. His version of that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, 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 what? I was just like, wait, that doesn't, now I gotta give this a shot. And I see it, I see where that comes from. Songs like Black Seminole, awfully long, it's like eight minutes, but it works for this type of music, this type of beat. Drive Me Crazy is fucking insane. Like, I can't believe Yachty did that. Like, you wouldn't put two and two together. And respect for him, because I feel like that elevated him as an artist. Like, a mm-hmm. weird respect that artists want. There are some things I wasn't the biggest fan of. Like, some of the weird psychedelic repeating of the voice and the octave of his voice is kind of weird. So it makes, like, a weird mm-hmm. sound that I kind of have to put the volume down. Because what's <laughs> happening in my head right now? type sound that i'm not sure i like that happens once or twice throughout the album but to my surprise this was a a solid pro next we have tennis with pollen i think we've done two to three tennis Mm -hmm. projects throughout the years yeah very old school kind of sound like old singer songwriter the carpenters like that kind of thing but still with modern stuff mixed in too but yeah this one as opposed to other albums where we talked about that intro song. This one starts off mad strong for me. Mm-hmm. 15 seconds in, I was like, all right, <laughs> save. <laughs> this is good. This instrumentation is crazy. And I think they play their instruments. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do all the music. It's like a husband-wife duo. Duo, fucking killing it. Really love the strings, wh- whatever it is in it. I don't know much about music, but... Old school feels there. Love the lyrics. Love the flow. Love the tempo of it. It's just catchy. It's also like groovy. Kind of soul in there too. I don't know. Funk maybe. I don't I don't know what I'm looking for. But so good. Couple songs stand out. That intro one. But One Night with the Valet is fucking fire. 
and Gibraltar. I don't know how to say that. Gibraltar, yeah. That's one of my standouts also. I think I have other shit saved, but this one's one of the ones that'll stick. This will be in the rotation. You feel me? <laughs> Easy pro. Yeah, I mean, Gibraltar, you mentioned the intro to Forbidden Doors, two of my other favorites, Paper and then Pollen Song. But I like every song. It's so consistent, perfect, like 35-minute runtime. Could easily be their best album or at least most complete that I like front to back. I think so too. So yeah, I go with Heavy Pro. All right, next up is Boy Genius with The Record. That's the name of the album. And Boy Genius is Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus, for people who don't know. And they've put out like an EP and stuff before as a group, kind of whatever on for me personally. And this one, I didn't have big expectations, and I feel like it was pretty much what I expected. There are some more energetic songs that are kind of interesting or decent, like $20 or Not Strong Enough or Satanist. Most of the slower, folkier ones I didn't really like. There's maybe one like Cool About It, which was good, had some nice melodies, but overall, nothing crazy. But I also don't like hate it. I just kind of whatever on it. So I do like neutral. Like I know some people were hating on it, but since I didn't have big expectations, just kind of whatever. Wasn't really a disappointment. I don't know if this is a hateable album. I'm not quite saying that I liked it. To me, yeah, it was just like the slower stuff I could pass on. The whole sound overall to me is like a... I feel like there's usually one album per episode that we do that is this, where I'm like, this is that generic, whatever this sound is, alternative, I don't know, sound that I can like live without because it feels like songs I've heard a thousand times before. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing because again, it sounds good. It's just like it's not going to stand out. I'm not going to find myself craving it and if i do why not just go to the ones i already know and love right i'd put myself then on the neutral side on this next we have eddie chacon with sundown this one was interesting to me it seemed like music you would go to a art installation to listen to (laughs) very experimental and like wide open and white walls and space i don't know why i kept picturing that while i was listening to it i'm not really familiar with much of his work may have heard shit before and maybe you showed me before but i just don't recall it but this was super interesting it's a lot of sounds that you would hear in space movies maybe theme sounds maybe stranger things maybe something like that those sounds i kind of respect and i liked but i for sure don't think i'm a fan of his singing voice and his tendencies when singing not a bad thing but this isn't fair because i think i saw it while looking up the album but it's like an older man and i don't even know if it is could be a fucking ai generated photo (laughs) but (laughs) he sounded like an old man singing a rendition of like a older song that he sounded better when he was younger that's how i saw it (laughs) which is weird to say it that way but it was interesting because the whole thing sounded like an experiment that he's working on and just having fun with music which i respect so that makes me not want to go con so i'll be neutral to like a very light pro this was one of the ones i was most curious to hear what you would think because we don't talk about most of these beforehand when we do these episodes and you got some stuff right in terms of he is an older guy he kind of disappeared for a while like he had a hit song and i think it was the 90s like a r&b track where he was with this other guy and he made a comeback a couple years ago He started working with this producer, John Carroll Kirby, 
who also does his own music, but he's worked with Salon, Frank, Steve Lacey. He did part of Bad Habit and stuff like that. He did like the ending of that. So I forget originally how I came on to them, but Solomon in front of the show, me and him got really into it. Oh my God. <laughs> I was about to tell you. Don't tell me there's some shit Solomon put you on. <laughs> and I just didn't say it, but I was about to say that. But yeah, we actually saw them in concert recently. They were great. And yeah, to me, it's less experimental, though. I could see why you would say that. And to me, it's actually closer to like the Yacht Rock playlist you were talking about in a way where it's like smooth, jazzy, funk, soul. Like those are more the words I think of with it. I personally like his voice a lot kind of is like a crooner the maturity in his voice now and how his voice has aged and yeah this is a project i just put on front to back really smooth not even necessarily any standouts because i'll just let it all go and it feels really consistent so i'd go solid pro for this and then last for indie alternative kind of as a transition anyway to pop because this is literally listed as indie pop in the music genre description caroline polachek with desire I want to turn into you. Caroline has always had an interesting voice to me and how she uses effects on it and stuff too. On this album, I feel like her vocal range is crazy, like just getting into pockets that you don't hear. I mean, so many good tracks, Sunset, Fly to You, Welcome to My Island, I believe. There are some songs I don't like, like Crew Drawing, Hope Drunk, Butterfly Net. There's ones where I feel like they are misses and that makes me want to go to like a solid pro maybe instead, but the highs are really high. So I don't know, somewhere in that solid to heavy pro range, but once she nails that she really nails it. And I feel like she went to another level with this one. This one had me on the fence for sure. Cause started listening to it and her voice easily stands out super dope voice, but I don't know if I like the sound or production, whatever it is, the actual beats of the songs. A little too on the poppy side. Not what I'm looking for in music nowadays, I guess. But her voice is there. And there's like if one of the Heim sisters got like a vocal lesson and then went solo. And made a pop album. Yeah, and made a pop album. This is like what it would sound like. Not a bad thing. We're fan of the Heim gang. Heim Hive. Do they have a name for their fans? <laughs> I don't think so. I was trying to make it up right here on the spot, but it wasn't flowing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, for sure on my radar, it's one of those where I'm waiting to see what's next and what that next sound might be, because I don't know, this won't be her sound forever. So yeah, neutral to light pro. And then this brings us fully into that pop, dance, other side of the genre. We're going to start off with S.G. Lewis, Audio Lust, and Higher Love. S.G. Lewis has become one of the pop, dancey names that doesn't miss. I think I still like his older stuff better. I gave this a few listens. I don't know that anything stands out for me, but yeah, still a good album. I'd go Light Pro. Yeah, I really like his dancey sound. I liked his last album, but this one I actually was not into most of it. I felt like it was, I don't want to say watered down, like he was trying to appeal to more people or something, but it just felt a little more generic or basic or not as interesting for me personally. There is one three song stretch on this that I really like. Fever Dreamer into Epiphany into Lifeline. I like all those. Yeah, overall, I'd probably go neutral. All right, next up, we're getting a little more poppy. We got Carol G with Manana Sara Bonito. 
similar cover to Unvrano Senti with that playful feeling and that aesthetic, also like a longer album like that. And I feel like it's solid overall. I did have like a handful of standouts, Gucci Los Panos, Mercurio, Provenza, Cairo. She opens up with the Don't Worry Be Happy flip. And she has collabs on this too, Shakira, Romeo Santo, Sean Paul. This is like the first album of hers that I've listened to in full and full, even though I've like known of her and listened to some stuff, but like to the solid pro. Carol G, I see it. <laughs> I just don't listen to Carol G like that much. However, this album I did, I feel like there are some songs that stand out and they're pretty cool. Not the Shakira track. Every Latino lady was like claiming that song, but it's not that good. I'll take the fire, you know. <laughs> I truly don't care, but Catubela's cool. Cairo's cool. There's a few other tracks. It's not a bad album. I do find it weird that it looks so similar to the Bad Bunny one, even though I know it's the same team or whatever. Maybe don't, you know. Not so close together, but... That's beside the point. I'd go with the Light Pro. Next up, we have Benny Sings with Young Hearts. Benny Sings has a sound. He did it again. <laughs> it's pretty good if you like it. I like the few songs. Still his sound and a very similar sound we've heard before, but I really like the feature of Remy Wolf on it. Yeah, she's on a few tracks. I feel like they complement each other really well. Pajamas, I really like. It's a fun track. Yeah, it just works well and Light to Solid Pro. Yeah, Benny has that kind of groovy, chill, kind of old school sound, or at least voice. And this project he produced with Kenny Beats, and you kind of can't tell. Like, not in a bad way, like I say that as a compliment to Kenny. You could have told me just Benny produced this whole thing for himself again and been like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I would say I agree, like, light to solid pro for sure. All right, that brings us to our final album. Lana Del Rey, Did You Know There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? Long ass title for no reason. I mean, it's kind of Lana, but we've talked about her on the show before. We did a whole episode dedicated to her, one of our most popular episodes, actually. And this album, I don't know, like, I feel like after Norman fucking Rockwell, that that was her peak, and she hasn't been reaching that on a album level. Like, she'll have songs that reach it, like Sweet Carolina, Dealer, White Dress, like amazing songs on those projects since then. This was the one I feel like she came maybe closest to that. There are a good amount of tracks that I really like that are amazing, but there are also ones that I could care less for and don't need to save. But I really like the grants, the opening song with the choir that starts it off, and especially the last minute with the choir when it ends. Sweet is really good. The two parts of A and W are great. Fingertips, like once it gets going like a minute in, I really like. And Let the Light In, I think should have been the album closer and I think is maybe my favorite track on the whole thing. Duet with Father John Misty. And yeah, I just feel like with Lana for me, it always comes down to her vocal melodies on a track. I feel like she does have one of those angelic voices, especially when it's right. Sometimes it could just be a little flat or not interesting, and the production can make a difference in that for sure. But there's even things like the John Batiste interlude, which I think are cool and more live band, big studio type of thing. And that and the choir and stuff makes it feel a little bit bigger of a record too. There's enough on this that I really like that I still like the album. I would probably go light to solid pro, but the highs are really high. 
yeah, it's still not touching NFR, but it's cool. Like, I'm not mad at it. Good to know. Because earlier, as of we recording this episode, I hit you up and I said, yo, are we recording that music episode? <laughs> you said, yeah. And I only asked that because there was one album I still hadn't heard. That's that Lana album. And you know what I said at that point to myself? I'm not going <laughs> to listen to this shit in protest. I need Lana to make me crave music of hers again. She's acting like Brockhampton a couple years ago. I feel like every time we do one of these music episodes, there's a Lana album. I mean, to be fair, I don't think she put out any album last year. There were two in 2021 when I was looking back. Yeah, it is still a lot. How many albums has Rihanna or Frank <laughs> dropped in that time span? Could probably do the math with zero fingers, but... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. It's one of those where, like, I wanted to, and then, I don't know, I thought it'd be funny to say here that I didn't listen to it. Maybe <laughs> now, sounds dumb. Like, I'm sure the album's not bad. I'll still listen to it whenever the time comes, but it's just not the same. She has a sound, a voice to her that we know and love, but I'm still digesting Norman fucking Rockwell, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I still haven't listened to that enough. With that said, yeah, it's easy. It's an easy pro. It's Lana. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, well, that's all the albums. There's some shorter ones we didn't get into, like some EPs and stuff. And like the Daniel Caesar one just dropped, so we haven't had time to really digest that yet. But definitely the next music episode will cover that. I know we're both super excited for this Amine K. Trinata album that's about to drop next month. So that'll for sure be on the next one. And there seems like there's just so much music releasing lately that it's hard to even keep up with. So I have no doubt we'll have plenty of albums to talk about. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You could find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. And I'm Kev. You could find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. Next episode, episode 200. Keep your eyes peeled. Or ears. Hey. 200 song album coming out.